Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey, youth pastors, welcome back to the show. Uh, I'm Mark, and I'm here with Heather. She's going to do another episode on Torah in the Gospels, those times where you have to know the thing behind the thing to get what's going on in the text of the Gospels, and the thing behind the thing comes from the scriptural tradition of the Hebrew people. And today, Heather's going to be talking with us about the cornerstone passage where Jesus is compares himself to the cornerstone of the temple. Is that right? Right on. That's right. Yeah. So, um, hello, everybody. Thanks for watching, or thanks for listening to the show. You're not watching us. Uh, that's good because I think both of us did not do our hair today. So We are unslept. Um. My hair is sticking <laughs> up, and I have a bit of a black eye from Krav Maga. So I'm ugly as nice. sin. Today. I like it. Let's do it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Okay, so Matthew Matthew 21 is where we're going to be looking today. So Jesus tells this parable to some of the religious leaders about a landowner who wants his servants to go and collect the fruit from his land, and then the tenants kill all these servants, and he keeps sending more servants and more servants, and finally he sends his son. And of course, we know how the story goes, right, is that they kill the son too. And so obviously... Jesus tells this parable to be like, yo, you killed the prophets, you killed the prophets, and now you want to kill me. And so then he goes in to this passage on Cornerstone. And what he does is he pulls his listeners back to the Hebrew scriptures like a whole bunch of times. This is really fun. Okay, so then Jesus starts in kind of to just put the icing on the cake of what he's communicating to them. It's a little bit more of a slap in the face, so to speak. And so he says in verse 40 of Matthew, he says, therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of a crop at harvest time. So then he immediately says, have you never read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. Now, if we're not cued into the Hebrew scriptures there, we're definitely going to have our heads start to spin a little bit. So, but this yeah. is so, yeah, this is so fun because Jesus pulls his listeners back to one of the Hallel Psalms that was read near the end of the Passover Seder. And so this Psalm mm-hmm. traditionally praises Yahweh for saving Israel and it praises Israel's leader, the king. So since Israel was often rejected by its enemies who opposed them, It seems as though Jesus is using this psalm as icing on the cake uh, with the parable that he told just to further make it clear that he's a true king being rejected also by those around them, especially by the leaders in Israel. So in this psalm also, it talks about 
a cornerstone, and Jesus is comparing himself with this cornerstone. And it just so happens that in rabbinic tradition, um, the leaders of Israel were often referred to as builders. So this was common imagery that Jesus was using. And the cornerstone refers to the foundation stone or to the keystone that holds together the arch. And so Jesus is saying, yo, people, I'm the one who holds everything together and you are rejecting me. And so Jesus tells this parable and then he's like, yo, bro, I'm the the thing, the person that holds this whole temple together, which I'm sure if the religious leaders was a hard pill for them to swallow because they loved the temple. The temple was like, it was their pride and joy. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm actually the one that holds all of Israel together. And so it gets a little bit more crazy. And Jesus says here in Verse 18, everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. And when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. So Jesus seems to be referring to Isaiah 8, 13 through 15. This is another pullback into the Hebrew scriptures where he says, But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. And he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and many shall stumble on it. They shall fall and be broken. They shall be snared and taken. So Jesus is making it super clear that he's being rejected as the cornerstone, and there's going to be bad consequences because of it. So do you remember the story in the temple when Jesus is like a little bouncy baby, and Mary and Joseph bring him there, and there's this old guy named Simeon hanging out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he he holds Jesus up and sings a song, right? Yeah, he does. So he says this, and I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to say it, okay? I mean, you could like... Oh, bummer. You could make a (laughs) tune for me and I could try. It's You'd have to make it up, you know? It's not like like in there. We just have the lyrics. Simeon's song. That's what we should call this episode, Simeon's song. (laughs) That sounds good. Okay. All right. So anyways. All right. So Sovereign Lord, as you have promised... You may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all the nations, a light for the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the rising and falling of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So there's a few fun connections going on here that actually connects with what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 21. So his parents are marveling, similar to what Jesus alludes to in his scripture when he was talking to the religious leaders. And also Simeon talks about how Jesus is going to be the one who causes the rising and falling of many in Israel, similar to what Jesus was saying when he was talking to the religious leaders. So it's almost as if Jesus is kind of pulling his listeners back to that moment in the temple too. And so there's one more cool thing about this pulling back to the Hebrew scriptures as well, is that in first Peter, Peter speaks of Jesus as a stone rejected by people, but chosen by God. So it says this in first Peter two through four through eight, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God for it stands in scripture. Behold, I am laying in Zion, a stone, a cornerstone, 
chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. So Peter cites some related verses that Jesus cites as well. So check it out. So he cites, well, this is an extra verse that he doesn't cite that Jesus doesn't talk about, mm-hmm. but he's, he cites Isaiah twenty eight sixteen. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I am the one who is laid as a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste. Then he cites the same scriptures that Jesus did, Isaiah 8, 14, and then ends it with Psalm 118. So there seems to be like this really strong um, cornerstone imagery weaved throughout the Bible where Jesus is calling himself the cornerstone and then Peter is kind of driving it home and even taking his listeners back to the exact same scriptures that his rabbi talked about, which a a good disciple would do, right? And then, but he adds a little bit more to it. And so for our listeners today, I hope that you learned a couple of things, but I also want to challenge you when you think about your own youth ministry and when you think about the cornerstone of your youth ministry, what is it really built on? What's holding it together? Because I know for me at different times in my ministry career, sometimes what was holding my ministry together was my drive for success or my need to look good to other people. So you're saying, here's a hint, it's not built on you, right? (laughs) Yeah, right? But that's the impulse we have, right? Just like you're saying. It's so easy to slide into, this is the Mark show, or this is the Heather show. Especially, well, when you're young, you want to make an impact, but you also kind of want to be a big deal, and both things are mixed in, right? Yeah, 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 totally. And whenever we build on ourselves, we always build yeah. it in a way that is built on our, a lot of the times on our blind spots, on the areas of needed growth and maturity in our lives. And yeah. if we don't invite people in to really call us out, then we'll never get to the point where we're actually building on the cornerstone of our rabbi Jesus. And so just recently, actually, I, um, I've been walking through this growth season in my ministry life and some people yeah. gave me some hard words about my teaching style and how sometimes it can come across as intimidating to kids. And it initially, when they first told me this a couple of years ago, I was like, what if they don't know what they talk about? And then all of a sudden it kept coming up and I was like, oh, I need to change myself. There's something about me that needs to change so I can get more of Jesus in me and less of myself in me as I lead, right? And so I just want to encourage yeah, our youth yeah. worker friends out there to make Jesus the cornerstone because he holds the whole thing together. And God forbid he would ever say to us, um, hey, your youth ministry, um, you killed all the people I sent that tried to make you better and tried to make you more like me. So would you please listen? Uh, I'm trying to get through. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I think about um, where Jesus tells this story and to the, to the group of people that he tells this story to, it was very common for them to walk by the temple that Herod was just massively renovating yeah. during the life of Jesus. For sure. Do you remember? I'll bet you do. Do you remember seeing the old, like crumbled stones near the temple and just how massive they are. I mean, they're just tons and tons of pounds, huge, huge stones. And 
the reason I'm saying that is that I think this is such a concrete image in the Bible because a temple is supposed to represent to people what a God is like. Mm. If you would go to visit a temple, then you would see where that divine being that owned the temple or lived at the temple was like. And Jesus says, I'm the cornerstone of what gives you an accurate picture of God. And then we, we get to be stones built upon Mm -hmm. Jesus. So like, what is it, what does it mean to not just make Jesus the cornerstone, but to really imitate that cornerstone to really, I guess, line up like a, like a stone is supposed to with the cornerstone. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. You're so right. Jesus' leadership is humble, servant-based, and it lets kids, but really just all people, know that you're deeply for them before yeah. you ever try to lead them somewhere. Amen. You know? That's good. That's a good word, Mark. That's such great stuff that you brought today, Heather. That's yeah. So Thanks, cool. Mark. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Heather, if um, youth workers want to go farther, faster in... Uh, learning more about the context of Jesus and where the Torah shows up in the gospels, where could they go? Um, well, there's this place called first century youth ministry.com. That's pretty sweet. That's where I'd go. I'd go <laughs> check it out. And um, our new, uh, our new six week curriculum on the parables is up and yeah. we think it's really cool. We're really proud of it and we worked hard on it and it's been so fun uh, leading the first group of youth workers through this yes. cohort and we yes. hope you'll join us sometime yeah. soon. Yeah. It's, we're it's a really we've, good time. Yeah. We've got one that we're trying to plan for the near future to run another cohort because we love it so much and it's been so fun. It's so fun. I've thought like, I don't know that I ever want there to be a week where we don't get to do that. Yeah. Even right. though we took a week off. Yeah. Well, but anyway, that's fine. All right. Well, everyone, it's been so great uh, getting together and thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye